0: Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I have Juliet, who is a online visibility strategist and also a one-three splenic projector, online with me. So we're going to be recording an episode that is just going to be diving into her own experience running her business as a projector, and we'll be talking about human design, visibility, and just our own experiences of you know, bringing human design to our life and our business. So Juliette, welcome to the channel. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be able to share with you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And the first thing I really want to ask you is I would love if you can share about how you got into your business and what inspired you to really focus on visibility.
1: Well, we have to fast backwards to 1996 when uh, I was 20 and I was, my big thing was that I was a singer and, you know, I thought like singing is the story of my life, right? This is what's going to be. And then I bought my first computer with that old modem that took a while to dial in on the internet. So after this whole music part where, you know, dials up and I'm there connected to the internet, and it blew my mind because I instantly knew the potential of reaching people who you can't, who are not in your geographical location, who you can't be exposed you know the old way to, you can reach them online and that time we didn't have video content online we didn't really have like i, I remember blogs only appeared and everybody was like what is that because just looked very weird it looks like online little journals and they they were not with photographs or anything like that it was just it was so so comparing to what we have now we're like living in such a futuristic world but the potential was still there. And um, I very, very quickly within the next uh, few years, just, yeah, I think that I was promoting myself online more than I was singing. I actually was always into, uh, you know, the visibility, how to build the visual representation, how to, you know, build that brand. And the singing was like a you know, I had no one else to promote in a way. So, you know, I did my own thing. So uh, I've learned, I've taught myself over the next decade to build websites. Uh, social media started very slowly in the early 2000s. You know, we had the MySpace and we had several portals for the artists and for the musicians that I was in that don't even exist now. In fact, some of them, you know, I was so active on them and I don't even remember the name on this stage. Like so many things happened. Um, and then in 2007, I think I joined Facebook. And I, uh, my, my husband is also from the mu- music world, and in 2010 he had a, a, a band that uh, entered a national competition uh, for one of the biggest awards, like, like Irish Grammys, we lived in Ireland at the time. And so that was my first sort of test with helping to create online visibility for a project that wasn't mine. And... It was real huge success and you know there was a huge competition maybe 200 bands and the guys went through all the stages and got a lot of public support and we did that with no ads with nothing was very backwards facebook uh, account you know and that was pretty much you know constantly just promoting connecting to people um and a couple of years later i just found myself everywhere i worked everywhere you know where i was involved i got to run their Facebook pages, you know, and I was doing something where I adopted a dog and then all of a sudden now I had a little Staffy Bull Terrier that I adopted. And then I created a page, Save Staffies Ireland, and it's still going. I think there's about 7,000 people following this page. Someone else is managing it. And, you know, so I kind of like always... Had this thing about creating communities, building visibility, uh, making sure that it is attractive. Because, you know, we are visual creatures. We judge the book by its cover, you know, and I'm very good at creating a shiny cover. Um, and in 2012, then, I uh, finally created my business and I started helping other businesses. First, it was local businesses uh, in my community in Ireland. We lived sort of in the rural community. And then in 2017, I really saw that I, I was very drawn to do something that is a little bit different than supporting technically people, you know, behind the scenes. And I had this vision of me talking on video, but I didn't know what I'm going to say or how is it going to happen? I just had this vision. I remember sharing maybe at the end of 2016, I turned 40 and I felt oh, this is the new era starting. Something is happening. And a friend of mine said, what would you like to do, Juliet?" And I said, I see myself talking on video. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what, but I just see myself doing this. And three months later, there was a little video challenge, you know, like seven day video challenge in some little group on Facebook. I partook and after that, I just realized, Oh my god this is something that i'm very comfortable with um i as long as i have something to say that i'm passionate about i can do it and so i committed to 30 days of going life you know through that and there was a lot of things happening in my private life um, and in my family life that were really really life-changing for us and it was a big test for me uh, of resilience of commitment to what i'm doing you know of, of being able to share impactful Mm, in an impactful way, you know, when when I am going through turmoils in my life and my family is going, you know, it feels like life is falling apart. And yet, how do you come out of this? And after that challenge. There was so many people following me that I thought, oh my God, this is, this needs to be monetized, my strategic left uh, brain said. And so I turned into coaching and uh, teaching people about building that visibility. And it took a while because, you know, it's not a very fast journey, but I've been, you know, teaching and coaching ever since. And it, it went really, really well. It was a bit of a slow, slow start but then you know i started using publicity i i uh, created a podcast called show up stand out and i interviewed over 250 entrepreneurs uh through that and with the there is a thing called brand by association right if people see you with successful people on screen your brand um reputation is also growing and so through that you know i was able to build the reputation then in 2020 it was very interesting the pandemic hit and we are going to talk about this the whole non-energy being and and um and you know picking up on the the collective fear and i remember feeling really paralyzed you know i just had no creativity whatsoever i was not worried about getting sick like some people you know got very worried for themselves i don't know if it's my defined spleen or um why i knew i'm not going to get, to get sick so but i felt this fear and i Went back to the old trick of doing the live video challenge for myself, and I did a little series called Restore Normality where I just talked to no agenda. You know, it ended up always teaching something that I know just naturally. And during that, so many opportunities came in. Like, I was featured in Forbes for um. Uh, tips to stay visible in the uncertain times and there were so many other opportunities uh, coming up and it was just a brilliant, brilliant way for me, you know, to see that it doesn't matter that the world seems to fall apart. There's always something we can do to, you know, pull ourselves together and pull ourselves through. And so, yeah, so that's, um, and, and and then I probably the most interesting thing is that I came across human design in 2022, around that time, kind of around that time, and I was mind blown, it was like, oh, permission to be Juliet, finally, finally, I can explain why things are the way they are. And I was so obsessed. On my one, three, I went deep. Um, you know, just just understanding myself. So I wasn't really uh, learning about every single type or anything. But it was just, you know, a lot of research. And last year, in, in November, there was a day when I said, "No, no, this is not enough for me to do it just for me." And I decided to use it in my business because I, by then, already felt that when I'm leaning into my design and I'm actually letting go of the need to hustle, to initiate things are still happening. And in fact, good things are happening. So it was very obvious to me that I can, you know, this, this works as a compass. And I know you're doing the same thing, you know, we're steering people. So this is what I started doing with clients that I already had. And it makes a huge difference, because the the most important difference, I think that it makes is that you're just relaxing into your marketing and your business. And, that constant stress because it takes over your life if you're doing it wrong it takes completely over your life you can't switch off you can't have days off i've had years that i lived like this every time the client calls you think oh they're canceling and things like that that could be the open heart i don't know (laughs) but but these kind of things um you know this is where human design is just so beautiful so ever since last november i've been using it in my business and you know what It was like I found my niche because even my business just soared. It was a new breath of life. And so, yes, so here I am now to share my story.
0: That was so amazing. So I didn't know, just so the listeners know, I didn't know any of that about Juliet, And it was really cool to hear the shifts that happened like all the way from 1996. And I was like listening to you and then looking at your chart as well to see the theme. And so Juliet, she has her spleen defined and she's got the 4816 up to her throat. And then she has a split and her Ajna and her head are defined. So the channel of 48 to 16 is known as the wavelength channel or the channel of mastery. So it's so interesting how being a 1 3 over the last several decades, you've been like, you know, trial and error, you know, the three side, like trial and error, the one investigating literally figuring things out, having these different evolutions of your business, how you're working with people. And then, you know, that that whole channel is the channel of mastery. Like you're literally using your intuition, you're coming in, speaking it into existence and having that defined throat and you have, you know, six gates and some channels coming off of there. It's like, it just makes sense. You know, you really were before you even realized you found human design after all of this. But this was already living in you and showing up, which
1: I think is so cool. This is amazing because when I met, uh, when I discovered human design, I said, Oh, I'm not starting my experiment now. I think I'm like five years into the experiment because I was already trusting my intuition. I was already working with you know the whole sense of words. This just gave me the the language maybe, and not so much the language as in you know the particular terminology because I don't agree with a lot of it, but the understanding yes. And as you said, you know it's trying and testing. And then one three is like you obsessively research something because you just don't feel secure. You just don't feel like you know, and so you need to know more and until you feel solid that you know. You don't need to know every little detail. It's just, it's very weird how it works. But there are some things that you just can't even share before you know those things that, you know, okay, I am kind of comfortable with saying this now, you know, and even now with human design, I'm, I'm talking about the types, I'm talking about the authorities, I'm talking about, you know, the centers, I'm getting kind of deeper into that. And if you ask me to talk about gene keys or the gates, you know, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do it just yet, you know, so, and, and it's like the finding that balance where you can, because, you know, especially with one three profile, if anyone out there, it's, something, it's a profile that doesn't know when there is enough knowledge to start sharing. And there's so much insecurity. You just have to be so solid in, in, in it, you know. So it's just kind of like taking one step at a time. And then with the three line as well, so many programs I have created and I recruited people. It's not like I never had a completely flopped launch. But I, there were so many times when only by experiencing this program, I would know that I don't love it. I would know that I don't feel actually authentic teaching this particular strategy. There was one particular program and there was a very rigid strategy that I was teaching and I see how it works. It didn't work for me personally that much. It worked much more for a very big number of people. That's why I was teaching it, you know, and, and uh, but I didn't feel authentic because it didn't work in that massive way for me, you know. Now, with the human design applied to it, I can see that it would never work for me. It included too much outreach. I'm a projector. I need to be invited into, um, you know, into uh, any kind of uh, relationships with clients anyway. And it's not as hard, like a lot of people have such a big problem with waiting for invitations, but it's it's not in any way um, I don't find it restrictive because while you're waiting for the invitations, you create so much content that creates energetic invitations where people, you know, consume your content and, and you can already tell. And then you can, you can absolutely outreach and initiate conversations and you don't have to always sit and wait because everybody's waiting, you know. So there's, it's just interesting, very interesting dynamic. And with human design, it just became so much easier and is is what we want, right?
0: Totally. Oh my gosh. I love that you, the positive spin that you just put on waiting for the invitation, because I know that there's a lot of disempowering contexts for projectors out there around waiting. And then there's this like stigma, like, oh, you know, you're a lazy type because you have to wait around and do nothing and you don't have energy. Like there's just all this BS, you know, and that oh, it's, it's completely not, not true. true. Yeah.
1: It's, no, we're very I mean? busy. <laughs> Oh yeah we are very busy sure. studying we're very busy doing things like getting in the zone and doing our own things and if it's not business related it's still the zone that's that's the key for us i think every type including manifestors have to wait where manifestors they can initiate right but they can't initiate unless they have clarity in their body and they're true to their authority, they can't initiate because they might be initiating out of their mind and it's not going to work. So it's like everyone is waiting. It's what you do while you're waiting. That's the key.
0: Yes. And even myself as a generator, it's, it's so true, you know, like that, what am I going to do while I'm waiting? And it's, it's, I think that's one thing that I really noticed as a generator. There's something I learned about last year called the generator's plateau. And this is where, you know, I feel like I'm in this zone where I have nothing to respond to. And then what happens is I want to initiate. I'm like, okay, like I want to, like, I have this energy. I want to do things like words of things. And then let's say I start initiating, things don't work out, then I'm frustrated. So it's really interesting to trust the waiting process for things to come up in the right timing. And, you know, like a great example is I recently had an idea and this is such an example of like your head and Ajna being inspired and then you start taking action on an idea rather than co-creating with your environment. I thought oh my god it would be so cool to have or create a human design summit and I was like yes I could invite people we could do this and collaboratively and you know share this on the internet and all this but then I said Kayla where did that idea come from and it wasn't from my environment it was just an inspiration right and i thought i'm going to park this i'm not going to initiate on this because it did not come from my environment so i literally i wrote it down on my whiteboard and i put a little question mark beside it and i just let it be and then literally 2 days ago someone who was in a human design program with me reached out to me and invited me on their human design summit and i thought that's literally it. It was, that's me responding to the environment. That was me waiting. And during that time, I just did whatever I was doing. Like I wasn't, you know, fixated on how am I going to get this going? And I thought that's even better because I didn't want to create the whole thing. I just wanted to be a part of it. Right. So that's just an example, you know, during that time of waiting, I was doing other things that lit me up. Like I was following my sacral urges of, you know, okay, I'm going to create this content and do these podcast interviews. And I just like, let it go. So that's an example from a from a generator's perspective on on the waiting and the co-creative process with the universe and the environment.
1: Yes, absolutely beautiful. Exactly. And you never know where there could be someone reaching out and could be someone there sitting and waiting for a generator to join them and create a summit together. Right? You never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. So the next thing I would love to talk about is. The difference between energy projectors and non energy projectors so I would love if you can share that because I think that this is really important for the listeners to know that there's obviously different types of projectors. And so this can be really key and might actually answer a lot of questions that you may have about yourself if you're a
1: projector. Oh, such a great question. Oh, this is great. You know, in my family, so in my uh, m- marriage and my family, my daughter, my husband and me, were all projectors, but we're all different types of projectors. And that is so fascinating for me because as someone who is studying human design to observe, to observe myself, I'm a classic. So I only have, um, I have my head and Ajna, throat and spleen defined. Uh, my daughter only has her head and Ajna. Uh, and my husband has also a root defined as well. There is a massive difference between the three of us in many, many ways. So my husband would be an energy uh, projector with defined root. And what I generally see, like this is the word energy is um it it definitely shows sometimes you know they can they can go much longer. they can do things more. it's a, I don't know if they're not telling me <laughs> that they're they're tired and exhausted of course there's sometimes um these times but I find that there is this pressure to do things and pressure to get get things done and it's just like out of the way um whereas for me I don't necessarily want to do things immediately you know I need time I need to be in the inspired kind of zone and um, you know I might leave it till the last moment to create that pressure because I'll have this open route you know and so there is this, and, and the, with the mental projector, who, there is a lot of, you know, insecurities. She's only 22. So she hasn't yet, you know, lived enough to to have the experience and to work with that openness. But then there is a lot of anxiety going on with the head and Ajna constantly on, full on. And then all the other centers, you know, especially like the heart, you know, and they do the worse. And then the identity, who am I? And then open throat. Not always sure if she's heard, if she can speak, and will she be heard if she speaks? And it's, it's also completely different. So between three of us, I'd say my daughter is like a permanently exhausted pigeon. That's what I call her. She is always tired. And I'm not even exaggerating that she's tired to exhaustion most of the time. You know, when she's energized and she's in good form, there will be two, three days after that, that she'll be in very bad form. I'm hoping that sooner or later she will find this balance because it, it does have to do with the conditioning and how we take things, but there's a lot of tiredness. So for her, uh, trying to live like a generator and she did try, and I'm trying my best to coach her not to, but trying to, you know, every day I need to be productive every day. I need to do something every day. Like I can't just sit there and do nothing. And when I'm saying you need to rest a little bit more and, and she just doesn't understand what rest is and that makes her even more stressed so that's just a lot of uh, for for a projector, It's just so important you know to just for a mental projector it's so important to just kind of i think be on your own and just release these energies be very very mindful what environment she's in even uh, she she's living on a campus in trinity college dublin and she lived in three different accommodations and you can see there was one particular room that she was, um, you know, she was uh, living in. And that was such a bad environment for her. Her health went really bad. Her mental health went really, really bad. So now she's living in a different area in a different apartment and it's a much, much better apartment. So you can even feel like she is in a better form. And it's so important who you're with, uh, where you go, And I can see that in my daughter that this is the big lesson for her in her life is to be so discerning who is with her for how long, how close and, you know, and like, what are they bringing energetically into her life? You know, Um, for me, it's a little bit easier. And I think it's because of my spleen, defined spleen, because I have such a barometer on where... I shouldn't be. And in my life, there was there was one particular situation. I I had a real bad year, 2011. I actually read somewhere that 2011 was a real bad year where a lot of people hit their rock bottom. And uh, in my life, like everything started falling apart, you know, and then I nobody in my family worked. And I I went to look for a job and I went to this restaurant and uh, I was doing I was a restaurant manager at that stage, but I went in to do a waitressing job, and this guy opened the door, and he looked like a madman, and he said, "Oh, take a sit here," and I and and I hear this voice even inside me. Do not believe a single word this man is saying to you, and I took a job, and I was literally mentally abused how I feel, or energetically abused by this person for five years that I worked there. It was just you know so much and my spleen knew it and this was like a big example how we have to listen to your body we have to listen and sometimes the body will even say it out out you know with the words but if we don't if we make the decisions based on out of fear out of lack, out of mind just because we should or it makes sense you can really suffer. And I, I, as probably as a one, three, and the three, I needed to experience this. I wouldn't have known because I was always very naive and I believe in the, the best in people. But, you know, there was these lessons in, in, in my life. So, yeah, so I, I'm not sure if I'm kind of like going off the, <laughs> ask, you asked me a question, but just to kind of explain how the life of a projector is from my prism, I suppose
0: yeah, no, I love that you gave different examples of different types of projectors. And I think one of the really important things is I, because even in my own chart, you know I only have two centers defined. And yes, I'm a sacral generator. I got my sacral and my G center defined. And I always really emphasize there's there's a lot of disempowering context around having a lot of openness. And, and so I really focus on the empowering aspect of that. And so for projectors, like, let's say someone who has a mental projector or a self-projector projector, or just anyone who has like less centers to find the really big opportunity that we get from that is being able to set boundaries of, like you said, the environments that we go into, the people that we spend time with setting expectations of like, okay, I can go and, you know, be social this evening, but I know tomorrow I'm going to be drained and planning your time around that. Like it's actually just a really massive opportunity to develop like a next level self-respect, right? And yes. with that will come the triggering of people pleasing and not wanting to let people down and, you know, feeling shame for not being so energized. But if we notice that it's literally just societal conditioning. And at some point we unconsciously agreed to that And that's that's what leads to this anxiety and just picking up this energy and not knowing how to release it. And so that's one of the things like I meditate daily and I journal and I do things that will clear my energy. I do certain breathing techniques. And those are the things that allow me to get rid of the energy that's no longer serving me. And even though I'm a sacral generator, I know anyone that has that level of openness, they can be doing those things as well. Because I can see there's, you know, there's times right here, you know, this, for example, like manifesting generators will be kind of put on a pedestal because it's like, oh, they've got the throat definition, and they've got the sacral and I'm totally not shaming Manny gens right now I'm just saying that we just assume because we have certain definition that we have advantages, but there's going to be this amazing wisdom, for example, that your daughter is going to bring to the world, because of her own unique definition, right. And it's, I just think that that's something that's so underestimated, but it is a journey. Like it's just part of experiencing when you learn about human design and then trial and tribulation through life and whatnot. It's just, it's, it is a gift, but it can be challenging at times. So I just wanted to share that. Cause I think I, yeah, I'm just so committed that no one ever feels disempowered by their human design, even though at times it sounds like, oh, like that really sucks. You have that definition or you don't, you know what I mean?
1: I know exactly what you mean, because, you know, I I actually did a little research on who I followed uh, uh, as coaches and whose strategies not just didn't work for me, derailed me, completely depleted me. All of these people were very bright, very attractive. I, I love them to bits. I do. They were all manifesting generators. So When that happens, then you start thinking to yourself, hang on a second. So is that it does this mean that the only manifesting generators can be successful coaches? I go only them because they have the stamina and they have the creativity and they create all these offers and, you know, they're constantly on. And I, you know, created a masterclass and then three weeks I was horizontal because I just was had nothing to give. And this happens to me all the time. So it's, but I think that I'm on on some sort of mission and I don't have a G center defined. So I, you know, and I don't have a heart center. I actually have a completely open one. I think both of us, we we don't have even in our connection chart, there is no definition there. So in terms of, I don't want, I don't really want to be somebody. You know, when I create, I achieve this shiny cover and, and things like that, I kind of look at it from almost from the outside, because inside, I don't feel like it's real. I don't need to be somebody. I don't need to achieve something in order to be somebody. You know, I don't care who I am. I can be whoever I want to be, because I, I don't have a defined identity. And I actually love it. I love this chameleon thing. You know, I can just, I can be very goofy one day and then very glamorous the other day. And then, you know, it's it's like... Whatever role I'm playing, I'm really enjoying it. So when I found out, you know, when I read about the G-Center and what it means and what the open G-Center means, it kind of empowered me big time, you know, but I really would love, as part of my purpose here is to show people that you don't have to be a manifesting generator to be successful because, and to uh, to really bring this message forward that it's not that they're more successful because they have A, B, C and the energy and this and, you know, the, all these offers. Uh, it's it's not about that. So that is the type. They often have similar way they are. You can even, sometimes I can even, you know, recognize there's a coach and the way they are and the way they're showing up. And then they say, I'm a manifesting generation. I'm like, of course you are, you know, because I already see the traits. But wouldn't it be lovely when we just, Instead of blindly saying this is how the coach should be, when we would say, okay, if you're a manifesting generator coach, that's the way you're showing up. But if you're a projector coach, you have a completely different way you're showing up. I just recently worked with a very, very um distinct projector. He was a he was an um, I don't remember his authority, but he was a one-three. And I think it was emotional one three is me like me projector. And uh, this is a guy who is an editor at many, many large publications. He writes, you know, he's someone who writes several hours a day and he gets paid to write and coach people how to write and how to pitch. And when I found out he was a projector one three, everything made sense because he had this very solid. Um, presence of a guide he has a soft voice the way he is it's not flamboyant you know but it's so steady and it's so respectable and there's just so much energy and i thought this is it this is this is the projector kind of especially one three vibe you can really embody this especially in your photography in your in the way how you are it's leaning I think in especially in visuals in business because visuals are really represent who we are and it doesn't matter if you like yourself on uh, photographs or video or anything like that it's not about you anyway it's about how people perceive you and so uh, trying to uh, recreate that what you want them you know to perceive in you if it's some sort of solid information that you're sharing and the guidance then you have to show up as a guide you know and that will be your strength and so people not everyone is attracted to you know flamboyant manifesting generators for some they are really too much and so they will be attracted to you. Sacral generators are also quite composed people in my experience. I actually don't see that many that are like all over the place, like, you know, flamboyant. They're usually very composed people that, you know, you need to kind of get, it's, there's a little bit of a door you need to open. And and so showing that warmth and showing, you know, presenting themselves in that sort of way, um, I think that it's important, but it's all about, Educating the general public that it's, there is no wrong or right. There is just you and your energy and how this energy works and that there is a really, really big potential in whatever you are building a perfect cover for you. There's just too much misinformation out there. That's why we're using human design. That's why we're ambassadors for human design. So hopefully, you know, with people like yourself and me and, you know, all the other people who, who've discovered this and helping, especially in business, hopefully we'll achieve this someday.
0: Yeah, that's my oh, wish. Love, yeah, I love everything that you just said. You know, I think it is really important that it's when we can have radical self-acceptance of our own energetic imprint and really trust ourselves to show up and live our life in how we're designed like that's ultimately how you're going to experience the path of least resistance right it's always like i look back on the last three years of growing my business and i can see that i was trying to initiate i was doing things that like doing I mean I ha, it's funny because I have a podcast channel and I have a completely open throat center but I would just try so hard to be visible where now instead I sink down into my sacral and I'm like Kayla what can you create that would light you up you know like sometimes it's I mean this sounds like a bit self-absorbed but I will create things on Instagram, you know, my carousels, the things I do on Canva and I love it. And then I'll just, sometimes I'll just look at my feed and I'm satisfied with it. It's not like I did it to prove to someone else. Like I'm like, I know that this is a valuable piece of content and I'm just going to leave it here. The right people will find it. And then I go back and I just go and create more things. Like that's how I'm operating as a generator. And that's so different than me trying to be specific based off of just listening to other people not trusting myself. So I think that that's really important as well.
1: 100%. And you know what? I actually have to uh, admit that I I also do pretty much the same. So the content that I create, if, it, if, it, if I feel good about it, it might not be a feeling of satisfaction, but if, it's almost like if I recognize myself through that and I see that that was authentic, this is was the true voice, this is what, what I mean. And I love it, whether it's a video, a long form post, you know, a fo- just a photograph, You know, I just recently I was recording this week, I was recording a a little mini course and I turned on the camera to record and I realized that my camera was just hanging like this on the side. And it looked so cool. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to record it, you know, with the kind of weird diagonal shape. And I recorded a couple of minutes and then took a couple of pictures, just still shots. And I thought, this is it. This is my expression in in a photography. This and and it makes you feel good when you feel good, whatever your signature feeling is, when you feel good, that's when you're going to do more of it, because that's what we want. We want to feel good about what we're doing. Right. So we want to be happy. So that's the kind of like a little bit, bit of happiness for us. In our businesses and so what happened there is what happens then uh for example i have a very good partnership with a really really big publicity program and i did two years ago i did a promotion for the program and you know i i made some sales that i didn't even expect i'm going to make but the problem with with promoting someone else after the human design came into my life is that i cannot just take a swipe copy and you know send it to my list anymore I can't do that, because I don't feel it. And then I feel fake. And so I don't expect, you know, that this is going not, I don't even expect that it's not going to work. But it's more about, I don't respect myself for pouring out something that is actually generic and, and kind of did it's not my own so what I am doing now for this um, launch and it's just happening this month I'm not sure how I'm going deep I'm going to go into it I'm just going to go with the flow but I thought unless I can rewrite their swipe copy in a way that is really truly felt and add my own uh, two cents. Maybe add some things about human design because that's a ju- more generic program. It's a really good program. and I gained a lot of I gained a lot of um, information about especially how to pitch for podcasts, how to pitch for you know um, being f- uh, featured. And actually, my feature in Forbes was through networking through the tips in that program. So, in all fairness, it's working. But you can't just go and promote something that you don't feel. It makes you feel horrible. You feel like a fake. You feel like you're, you know, a liar. And so you're not going to do anything. And then if you're a non-energy being, I know we are spending a lot of time here, but let's talk about this whole thing about energy or no, no energy. When you're a no, you don't have a sacral force in you that you basically, I know that there are some people with sacral defined that can also get burnt out, you know, and that has to do with like focusing on wrong things, of course. But if they're focusing on the right things, they can recharge pretty, pretty quickly. If I'm focusing on the right thing, I can be so, so inspired. Right. And I've given and this creativity comes in and now I'm there, you know, like, you know, that gift was Jim Carrey and, you know, he's typing and, you know, I am like that. And then, you know, the next day I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do so much more today, but the energy is not there. And it's just, and then the next day you wake up and there is, the creativity is not, not, there, not there. And then there is no creativity for three weeks. And you're saying, oh my God, I'm not, I can't show up on Facebook. I can't do this. So for us, we really need to understand that this is nothing wrong with us. Not self-shame yourself. This is the the, the lesson that I've learned through my own you know, journey, especially the last five years that very, very actively promoting myself on online It's, you need to understand your patterns and your pace. When you have creativity, create something that of a big value. So for example, yesterday was a day for me uh, that was very creative. And I had this, I, I plan a lot. I write down my ideas. And so when I have the day, I had a list of things to do. And then this thought came in, I need to create this mini course. And I just just did it, you know, and I worked all day and I worked till 12 o'clock at night and I did it all and I love it and it looks beautiful and it's valuable. Today I woke up, I couldn't do that today. I'm so glad that I didn't leave anything for today. It was all finished, tested, working because today there's a different energy. So what I need is use the, uh, when you're creative, stay at home, do work. You know, the trips to coffee shops can wait. Use that energy the next day, then you can start promoting it. You can just start boasting about it. It's already created, you know, send emails, write. And sometimes, you know, um if you're if you're missing these days when you're creative and, and you decide to just go and you know take take a day off and you know enjoy somewhere else, there could be a price in my experience, there could be a price to pay that the day after. Nothing is going to happen. So it's like catching the wave and then allowing for the rest, just allowing to slide. Every time, for example, this uh, month of February was very weird because I had a really, really good uh, spike of creativity. I created this really, really valuable masterclass about social media and by design. And then it was nothing, and nothing continued and continued and continued. And I started really feeling, you know, freaking out. But then the creativity came back what I remembered when it came back is that always before the burst of creativity I have this complete nothingness and like feeling like I'm in a slump and it's just not to forget next time this you know stillness come relax into the stillness Because the breakthrough, you're kind of in a way putting it off because you're not relaxing, so you are not recharging and relaxing into that stillness and maybe doing some other things that you love. Maybe read a book that you, you know, just don't have time to read or, you know, just go play with your dog and do something that it's not about the money. And it's so, so interesting because just the day when I started thinking about it, I went on a genetic matrix and, uh, I think it was a a transit of the day and it was just whatever was activated there. It said there life is not, it's not all about the money. And I thought, this is it. This is the sign from the universe (laughs) for my, for me to actually really, yeah, just go relax. You're nothing's going to, it's, if you don't do something one day, nothing's going to happen. Nothing bad. Yeah, next day. Yeah.
0: I think that's so beautiful how you shared that. And just even to circle back to the beginning of your share, you know, I was sharing about satisfaction and what I was creating and sharing. That's my signature for you. You were first recognizing like that the thing of a projector is feeling recognition, but it doesn't mean that has to come from the external world. It can be self-recognition. So you recognizing yourself, you recognizing what your values are, the content that you put out, the collaborations that you do, right? And then, you know, I love this, this permission slip of the days that you get those creative urges, like you pursue them, and then you know that you need to rest the next day or the next week, whatever it is. And I think that. That is something that for all non energy types, not just projectors, that is something to really embrace, because then you literally teach, for example, those like me who have a sacral defined or anyone who has a motor center, which is your sacral heart center, emotional center or root, those are motor centers, anyone who has those centers defined like you can easily get stuck in overdrive. And you can still burn out just because we have those yeah. centers defined doesn't mean we don't get burnt out. So it really is like, this is why all the types and all the definitions, like it is, it is all orchestrated beautifully, where when we are in alignment and honoring ourselves, like we mirror that energy to other people, like I'm honoring myself, and you're going to know how to honor yourself, even if you're a different type, and then vice versa. So I think that's so amazing. I would can I love- add a little
1: bit? Oh, yeah. Go just on. just very, very shortly. Uh, I just want to add that when you it's all about awareness, right? But what what happens to us, especially our adult brains, we always want everything now, even when we have open root, we want we want everything now straight away that it works. You know, we don't want a long process. But it is a long process, right? So the, the key here is to fall in love with the journey, with the daily contemplation about, you know, where you are, what your pattern is, you know, what is your energy level? What is your, you know, are you satisfied? Are you are you seeing, seeing yourself self-acknowledgement? For example, for someone with, and in the beginning, I was talking about the one, three, and the, the insecurities, and, you know, imposter syndrome. Self-empowerment is key to starting, you know, to get, the recognition from the rest you have to first seeing yourself you have to first empower yourself you have to first you have to first feel satisfied with what you're producing before you you know before others May see it they might actually have been they, they maybe they have been seeing this all the time, but you know especially let's say if you're promoting yourself on Facebook, a lot of people don't engage they just read or watch and they never let themselves known right so you never know who's watching and they might be appreciating you and they might be really into you. But the fact that they're not commenting, it's just not their time. and Or maybe they don't want to be, you know, hard sold anything on that because of all the culture, you know, the culture of this bro marketing. And so, but it's about you. Make it about you. And it's not self-centered. Maybe it is, but so what? Like, if we don't love ourselves, how can we love the rest? If we don't actually serve, like, if we don't put our oxygen mask on, how can we help our child? You know, if something happens, this is the principle. You, it's not selfish. It is actually responsible. I think to the world because when you are neglecting yourself, you're becoming so irresponsible, and everyone and everything is affected. So that's kind of just watch yourself and recognize yourself. First, and don't expect that it's going to happen overnight, but you will be surprised when you just approach like one day at a time. Sooner or later, you'll be saying, like, oh my god, I'm so just canceling my commitments. And before I would feel so bad about it, and now I'm just like, Kayla, I'm just too lazy to do the podcast today. Can we move it to another date? You know, it's just and you don't feel bad because you know you have to honor the energy you're in right now. And that's what the beauty is, I think.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so true. I would love for us to chat about a little more about open center. So in your chart, you have a completely open heart center and completely open emotional solar plexus. So I would love for you to share your experience with that because I have hanging gates off of my emotional solar plexus. I have the 36 and the six, but you and I both have the heart center open. So I would love if uh, I would love to hear your insights on those two open centers
1: in your chart. It's very interesting because, you know, I uh, I don't know what emotions are. Uh, my sister is an emotional generator. She's always either really angry at the world or she's in really good mood. But when she's angry, she's angry. You know, um, when I was growing up and I mentioned, you know, my dad was an emotional manifesting generator. He was a very difficult person with an aura that, you know, it was just. People couldn't stand him in a way. He was a very complicated person, you know, and, and uh, with the vibes, the vibes were, you know, <laughs> it was it was very difficult, and so he had these emotions. We had I was at war with him, so he had the emotional center, and I was amplifying it, and we were clashing all the time. It was horrible. My sister, we were not like this when she was growing up, but I can see that in her as well. Whereas I feel like when I am on my own and there's no one in interrupting, you know, my life, I am a complete flatliner. I don't have these up and downs all the time. Yes, some days I can feel a little bit, I think when I get down is, this is more to do with my 63-4 channel, which uh, can get toxic and start playing scenarios of things that haven't happened and there are negative scenarios. And that's where, you know, that's something that that uh, people with four sixty three often often um, suffer with, with the channel of logic. And uh, so that's a different thing when I get down because of that, because I don't want to feel unhappy, you know, but, but there's no emotions. With the open um, heart center this is very interesting because the the heart center is where we first of all it's commitments it's achieving something if you said something you you finish it you know follow through um and you know and your worth it's all about your worth you know i can achieve it and so you know i'm worthy and yes, the, the whole, um, the self-worth thing, first of all, I'm a projector, so I don't see my work myself, right? So I don't even see my worth anywhere. I can only take the feedback of my clients. There was a point in my life where I felt so insecure, you know, I didn't know what am I giving? What am I giving? Why are people saying I'm brilliant all the time? I don't see that. I don't understand. As I started writing down, you know, I had a Copybook book with writing down you know bits from people comments testimonials somebody said something on the on the call and I'll just write down those things and read and soak it so I can somehow see myself through these eyes you know but also then with the open world century you just never know what was and, and there's money insecurities there's all these you know because we are so in this in our world you know there's all this connect your worth to monetary or numer- some sort of number you know uh, and and that's, you know, your worth is connected to k- numerical values or monetary values. And for me, if I'm, you know, I love getting paid. I love getting paid. No, don't get me wrong. That makes me feel secure. And, and you know, and I love like then going and splashing and giving back. What really made a difference with the open uh, heart centers is, is through my research. I once read that, you know, when you have a completely open heart center, you're actually here to receive. It's not about at all going and getting it's, it's, this is a real feminine receive, just ease into it. And I started experimenting. So every time when I'm having this, you know, money anxiety, it doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank, by the way, I'm fine, right? And I have my business is, is fine and I'm fine and everything is great. And my brain doesn't know it somehow. And so this whole insecurities, and then, you know, these, you know, the issues of worse and. All these things. Every time I practice consciously leaning into the energy of receiving and just letting go, just letting go, leaning into this unknown, leaning into this insecurity, letting go. And especially during lunches, you know, where this starts spiking. And at those moments, I'd get a message from a client that I wasn't sure maybe if they will you know renew their subscription or you know sign up and and they'd be like okay I've paid money (laughs) or I'll get a notification on my email that the payment came in or there was there's instantly every time even in the worst even when the anxiety is on I had this one one day it was so funny because I was really really down and I think that there was maybe there was some sort of activation and I don't remember off the top of my head was uh, what was it it was just several weeks ago and I knew that we, we will have this week where we'll we will feel a lot of you know issues around rejection and I had to promote my membership group. And so I am there really not wanting to promote. I just felt so insecure and so weak Um, and not even sure. And there was one day and I felt so down and then I'm seeing there is a message from one of the clients and I'm thinking, no, I don't want to pick this up. I'm not going to look at this message. I just, just, I know she's going to say she's not, you know, I know she's not staying with me. And she literally was like, okay, where do I sign up? (laughs) So We have to lean into the energy of receiving. It doesn't matter how anxious or insecure we get. Things are going to happen still the way they happen. Why are we making it so hard on ourselves? Just rest and receive because we are here. That's why there is no activation there because we don't need to go and get anything. We just need to be. And this whole practice of being, that's a life-changing experience.
0: was such a beautiful share I really loved that and I really loved what you said about the open emotional solar plexus because my boyfriend has a completely open emotional solar plexus and when I look at him like he is the most emotionally stable person like he he really doesn't get triggered unless let's say I get triggered and the interesting thing is like there really is a difference between an open center and one that's undefined so for example like i said in my okay. emotional solar plexus i have the 36 and the six activated and so for me those two are also my conscious on and earth and those two gates are about you know the shadow is like conflict and crisis and turbulence so i definitely experience those themes in my emotions though they'll more likely get provoked by my external circumstances I'm not always going to feel that within me, but my external circumstances will trigger that. And then I can see how, when I'm in that state, my boyfriend then amplifies that because his emotional solar plexus is completely open and it's really overwhelming for him. So it's so interesting to see how that dynamic works and how, you know, the environment can really affect that. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, when you said this flat line, like when you're by yourself, you're good. There's no activation. Completely right? yeah
1: and I, and I totally what you just said about you and your boyfriend my husband has um, I think 49 he has gate 49 hanging uh, over an of an undefined emotional center but he is the one who gets triggered, gets emotional, he can go into emotion and bitterness and even a bit of an anger energy projectors sometimes they're likened to even like a manifester behavior and I can see that and and when he's like that, you know when we when we just started going out, I had if he was angry, I would actually go and get sick physically. That's how I got affected by this. This I amplified the emotion so much it made me physically sick, and it's just such a weird experience because I never had experienced that before with anyone. But um, just it just shows, and you know, and and together I do not think that in our connection chart I know that we define uh, we have an, a G center defined when we're together, but not the emotional center. So that's the dynamics between the the open uh, emotional and undefined emotional. Very weird. Yeah, it's super interesting
0: when we start to look at these patterns. And and I I really love what you emphasize about the openness is that that really is a space to receive that is a more feminine definition in the human design chart. So I think that's amazing. This conversation today was so good. Juliet. I think you shared so much wisdom. And I think we just bounced around between many different things and gave a lot of insight. I really think it's powerful when, you know, us being so different with our types and our definition, being able to come together and have a conversation where I know that many people will benefit from you know what it means to be different types of projectors and how I listen to my own authority and how you listen to yours and how we literally experience energy based off of our definition I feel like that's just so much wisdom so before I wrap things up today I would love to ask you because I always love to ask my guests this question what is a what's an intuitive piece of wisdom that you would like to leave with our
1: listeners today Oh, I love this. Okay, so what does my intuition, I'm a splenic now, so it has to feed me something immediately right now. Okay, so here's what uh, you need to do. (laughs) Trust your journey. That's what my, and funny, this is a spleen, right? Spleen is something that gives you all this trust. So this is what I'm broadcasting today. Trust your journey. No matter what you're feeling at any moment in your day, everything is there to perfectly bring you into the right place, correct place for you. Just don't listen to your mind. The mind is in that car. It's a passenger and not just like, you know how they say the mind is a passenger. No, imagine this. The mind is a three-year-old throwing a tantrum. So if you're a good mother, what you do, you strap them in the baby seat, right? You turn around and you play cold turkey and you drive that car. That's what you need to do. Trust your journey and don't don't listen to your mind. There's a lot of like, like I was describing, you know, sometimes there could be some energies that just can get toxic. Learn about what is in your design can turn on you so you can be aware and then exercise some kindness and stop yourself when you're going too deep into that fixation, for example, or, you know, maybe too much emotions. You can stop yourself and say, hang on a sec. Not that you're going to stop what it's doing, but you can be aware and and exercise kindness and trust no matter what. If if you don't have any clarity, the breakthrough is coming. If you're very, very down, the only way is up. That is the journey and that is the beauty. And you're gonna get where you need to get. You're going to get all the goodness in this life if you trust it and you trust your type, strategy, and your authority when you're making these decisions. That's my wisdom.
0: So good. Oh, so good. Can you please tell our listeners where they can connect with you on the internet?
1: Absolutely. I am a Facebook girl. I I am full on my Facebook profile. So if you are on Facebook, you can just type in after facebook.com, juliet.stapleton, because somebody took Juliet Stapleton already. I can't believe this. So yeah, it's not a business page, it's my personal profile. Send me a friend request, send me a message, tell me that you listen to this podcast, so I will accept your friend request and we'll just connect. Or you can check out julietstapleton.com. That's awesome. And your
0: podcast channel as well, because we did an episode together on your ah, podcast. Oh, yeah.
1: It, yes, absolutely. So if you are on juliastapleton.com, if you're on julia go into the menu and their podcast. So visibility by design is my podcast. And yes, we had a very awesome episode with Kayla. And uh, we did we were talking about the business connection uh with your chart and the business chart and i love that that's the rabbit hole that i like being in so definitely uh, check that one out and there's a few more really really good ones
0: awesome thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom juliet it's been so awesome to connect with you
1: my pleasure
0: and i want to thank the listeners as well for tuning in today and i hope that you took lots of notes and that you had lots of epiphanies with us. And of course, if you can please take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a review. And if you share this on social media, definitely tag us and tell us what you learned because we would love to hear it. So I'll chat with you in the next episode.